0: Big thanks to eBay for sponsoring this episode of Pass Gas. Passion, drive, patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. We're talking superchargers, turbos, exhaust kits, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for.
1: in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
2: What would your final form be, James? Just freaking ripped. <laughs> so buff. Just buffed out. That's it. That's it. You're just
0: Blonde, white, blonde hair. People are going to be like... He didn't even pick up a weight until he was 35. Yeah, that's <laughs> looking at be, him now. <laughs> that's gonna be my
3: uh, like my next career is gonna be. I'm gonna get really ripped and then do a self help YouTube. No, oh, that's like motivational speaking YouTube. Oh, that's cool. When I was 34, I weighed 247 pounds. I had a heart attack. Oh, and now I'm ripped as f-. I got two hot wives.
0: <laughs> I own a yacht and a biplane that lands on water. I heard a really cool story about Amelia Earhart. Yeah? She was at an air show and a woman pilot like crashed and a guy next to her was like, that's why women shouldn't fly planes. And she was like, fuck you. She ran in a hangar, grabbed a plane and just like started doing all these tricks and shit and landed. At a party? No, at a... (laughs) <laughs> I came into that story a little late. I, heard, I thought they were at a party. No, at an air show. Oh, and air a, show. And a, a female pilot crashed, and the guy was like, "See, what a dick! I know, right?" I have no cool stories about anything, so let's just get right into it. Uh, what? This is
3: literally this is a cool story show, Nolan. You... I have
2: one on my screen that I'm going to read to you. Please today. do. All right, with me today, I'm Nolan Sykes. I've got James Pumphrey sitting across from me. Hello, James. And in the studio today, we have another third uh, host, uh, Joe, from, this <laughs> from is, the PT episodes.
3: <laughs> hey, guys. This yeah, is yeah, already yeah. feeling fun. Yeah, it's not just me and Nolan talking, no. which is aw- awesome. Could, yeah. <laughs> but if you want to go from 80 to 110, you pull out the Joe. Yeah.
0: <laughs> pull that, out a little that secret. That classic metric 80 to 110 <laughs> that cars are to. healthy. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: uh, today, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite cars, uh, the Nissan. GTR. Past gas podcast. It's about cars. It's not about ports. Hey guys, welcome to the Past Gas Podcast. If you like Past Gas, please help us grow by giving us a good rating and a nice review on the podcast platform of your choice. It'll really help us out. And I really appreciate that. So thank you. All right, now for the show.
3: Whenever we do anything on the Skyline, Skyline GTR, you guys just eat it up really positive responses in the comments, lots of views. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we we don't just like pull stuff out of our boots out of our booties. We want to give you guys stuff that you like. Yeah. So uh, why don't you email us if you have any ideas for episodes you'd like us to cover at passgas at We're
0: not going to do a podcast on your cars, so don't yeah. You we're know, not yeah. pictures of your cars. Yeah,
3: we're not. Yeah, we're not going to do a podcast on your build. But you know, fun, crazy, cookie stories from automotive history—that's what we love, and we're going to have to do a million of these. So, so please, yeah. I used to joke. That oh, I'm gonna do a new one of these every week till the day I die.
2: Yeah. And then I almost died. <laughs> so I don't like that joke anymore. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, that one did make me a little nervous. <laughs> when
0: you start saying that. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I like just assumed like the day I die was really far away. <laughs> but no, it turns out it could have been two Wednesdays ago.
0: Could have been three episodes in. <laughs> yeah.
2: So the GTR. First, we're going to start out with a little Datsun history, okay? Just laying it out for you guys, some some Datsun history, some context, and then we'll really get into it. So uh, I think this is going to be a two-parter. So dig in, yeah.
3: you little choo-choos. Listen up close, but not too close, because a lot of you guys are driving. Pay attention to the road, but sit back, because we're going to
2: spin a tail. All right. <laughs> In 1911, a Japanese engineer by the name of Masahiro Hashimoto founded his own car company called the... I'm for sure going to butcher a lot of these names, so just bear with me, guys. Okay, it... His company was called the Kwa- Kwaishinsha, <laughs> Kwaishinsha Company in Tokyo's Zabuhiru district. In 1914, his car was ready. For the name, the company used the first letter of each of Masujiro's three investors, which were D-A-T, uh, which according to Nissan's website, also means lightning fast in Japanese. Sick. Yeah. The DAT car, also known as the that go looked kind of like a Model T and was a modest success for the Kwai company.
3: If you're going to get a car, you want to get one to go.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's got to have wheels, it's got to have Motors. the
0: ability to move. Yeah.
2: In 1926, Kwaishinsa merged with a company called the Jitsuyo Jidosha to form the Dat Jitsuyo Saitso Company. Five years later, Dat Jitsuyo Jidosha merged with the Tobata Company. Tobata's owner, Yoshisuka Aikawa, envisioned a lightweight, affordable car for the people built with materials local to the factory. This car needed a name, so they called it the Son of Dot or... The Dotson. Whoa. In 1933, Dot Jitsuyo Saitso dropped the dot part of their name for just Jitsuyo Saitso, and uh, they became the automotive manufacturing division of Tobata. A year later, they changed their name again to an abbreviation of their holding company Nihon Sangyo or Nissan. Nissan. They continued to make their Datsun cars and began exporting them around the world. Nissan's first major motorsport achievement was in 1958. The Datsun 210 sedan had won its class in the grueling Australian Rally Championship. The win gave the Datsun major cred around the world and opened the door to exports to more countries. But this was just the beginning of Nissan's time in motorsport in 1963 the inaugural japanese grand prix was held at suzuka circuit the track was developed by soichiro honda of the honda company with intended use as a test course for his cars the track was designed by one hans hugenholz a fact i included because his name is fun to say <laughs> that's a
0: weird japanese name
2: hans hugenholz hans hugenholz hans hugenholz Basically, the Japanese Grand Prix was organized so Japanese manufacturers could show off their cars and easily beat privateer teams driving European cars. Unfortunately, though, guys, the opposite happened. In the race's first year, a Lotus 23 took the win, and in 1964, a private team driving a mid-engine Porsche 904 snatched the checkered flag. European cars were winning the Japanese Grand Prix something Had to be done.
3: That is embarrassing. Yeah, Uh,
2: not a great look. So, what do you mean by privateer companies? So, just like or privateer teams, rather. So, like it means
3: like it's like not owned by a manufacturer; it's owned by a rich guy.
0: Yeah. So, wouldn't that just be private companies, not just private? Like, so it's like civilians or whatever. Like, so if I
3: owned a race team and ran at Le Mans, I'd be a privateer team.
2: Yeah. There's no. There's not manufacturer backing.
0: Because I always think of like British pirates as privateer. Okay. So it's just, I mean, I thought it was like pirates coming in. You're out of, Joe,
2: let's get this guy way wrong.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about uh, ships, right? These are ships racing? Yeah, They're,
2: They're land ships. The Prince Motor Company was a smaller automaker who specialized in personal luxury cars. Some of their more famous nameplates included the Prince Gloria and most notably the Prince... Skyline. Skyline. Prince's chief engineer Shinichiro Sakurai saw the European domination at Suzuka firsthand and had a plan to end it. Born in Yokohama in nineteen twenty nine, Shinichiro was a no nonsense man who expected the absolute best from his employees, much like you, James. Yeah, it's a
3: tough cross that I've chosen to bear. <laughs>
2: He was known to train freshman engineers by making them practice tracing lines from morning to quitting time for weeks. His reasoning was that if a designer who was trained in technical drawings could not see the point in drawing simple lines and gave up, then they shouldn't be designing cars. Sakudai took a page from Porsche's book and began designing a mid-engine race car of his own. But there was a small hurdle. He had never designed a mid-engine race car before, so he purchased a used Brabham BT-8 chassis reverse engineered it, and uh, he found out what made it tick. So, I mean, that's kind of the easy way to design a car is by...
3: And that's like pretty common too. Like, for instance, we do work with Peninfarina, and they just have every supercar at their office.
2: No way. Yeah. Using what he learned from the BT-8, Sakurai designed his own car called the R380. It had a steel tube frame chassis and a modified G7 from the Skyline, making... 200 horses, and 127 pounds-feet of torque. (laughs) Revy little guy. Yeah. Also, from the outside, it looks suspiciously like the 904. If you look at pictures of them next to each other, it's like... So yeah, Porsche 904. But, that's okay. Uh... Yeah, they look (laughs) a lot alike.
0: That's okay.
2: But that was probably a coincidence, right? With a curb weight of just under 1,500 pounds, the R380 was a rocket, achieving an average speed of 165 miles an hour over 31 miles at the Yatabe Test Oval in Japan. And what year is this? This is in 1964. 1964. That's cool. Same year the Mustang came
3: out, Yeah, put it in perspective.
2: Unfortunately, Prince didn't get to run the R380 at the event it was designed for, as the Japanese Grand Prix was postponed until 1966. Dang! Unfortunately, when it did come time to race, Porsche had a brand new race car, the 906, and looked like it was poised to destroy Prince. The 906 had more power, it was lighter, and it's more aerodynamic than the R380, but Prince did have one advantage, numbers. Prince bought four R380s to the race against the Solo 906. The Porsche broke down that day, and Prince got their revenge. Japan finally won the Japanese Grand Prix. Nice.
0: That was super cool. I'm still <laughs> hung up on a Prince named Gloria. Prince, prince Gloria. that'd be really funny. Prince
2: Gloria. What's the male version of Gloria? Is it Glorian? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gloria. Gloria. <laughs> Uh, But the R380 wasn't the only car Prince had been campaigning at the racetrack. Prince was also entering the Skyline sedan, competing in the GT2 class. These racing Skylines were outfitted with a less powerful version of the G7, the R380, eventually used, which required extending the wheelbase of the stock car. A triple Weber carb setup fed the straight-six engine fuel and air, and power went to the ground through a close-ratio transmission and a limited-slip differential. Prince called this car the Skyline 2000 GT. Mm -hmm. Uh, Remember the 1964 race that Porsche won, guys? I do, yeah. Great, because that was only five minutes ago. When I told you that, that'd be troubling if you didn't. (laughs) Uh, Prince secured places two through six. It was a beast and went on sale to the Japanese public in 1965. After the R380's win in 1966, Sakurai had not forgotten about his little sedan with a big engine. Now that Prince had won its home race, he can now focus on making the Skyline even better. Sakurai took a slightly detuned G7 from the Prince R380 and stuffed it under the hood. He took two doors off it and put on a new badge. He called it the Skyline GTR. I've heard of those. Yeah. <laughs> This is the first one? You just saw it get born before your eyes. Oh,
3: gross. It's all covered in (laughs) goop. (laughs) We'll be right back with more of this story. But first, a word from our sponsors.
2: It was a big deal for Nissan to put that winning engine in a passenger car. Sport sedans like this didn't really exist back then, unless you count the muscle cars that were at their peak over in America, but those didn't really handle very well. The GTR, on the other hand, did. Nice. With 160 horsepower and semi-trailing arm suspension, the Skyline GTR was an absolute maniac at the track, even with four doors. Today, a car weighing 2,400 pounds with that much power would be a hit, for reference, the ND Miata convertible weighs about 2,300 pounds and makes 180 horsepower, and it's basically the perfect sports car. The GTR, they nailed it basically yeah. from the beginning. Is what I'm saying.
3: I had no idea they were that small. Yeah, they're tiny. It's so weird when you look at pictures of cars on the internet. They look you're big. like, that thing looks so big, but then you see it in person, and it's they're tiny. tiny. Yeah. And
0: people were smaller back then too, so it doesn't. You don't get a good <laughs> scale. They on were. It. You ever look at like old suits? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like... I have.
2: <laughs> you ever look at old suits that I bought from HM a year ago? I'm smaller now. They're smaller now.
0: It's somehow everyone was smaller, including me. Uh, you know what sucks is buying a different suit for every new wedding. Because <laughs> you just are getting
3: fat
2: that quick. <laughs> yeah.
3: And like you think back to when you wore that suit and you're like, man, I thought I was fat back then. Yeah. Like I didn't oh, feel good about myself back <laughs> yeah. then.
2: That's, I, I've. Now I'm. I would kill to be that skinny now. (laughs) I think back to when I played high school in football, and I was like 185 pounds, and I'm like, man, I'm so big. And I was like almost the same height Uh as a senior, but then like looking back at pictures, you're just like, wow, dude, you're in great shape.
3: Yeah, Yeah. I get pictures of myself when I was younger, and I just get so sad because now I just look like my dad.
0: Oh, no. I look the same from like 20 to 30 yeah. <laughs> And I look at pictures of myself like three years ago and I'm like who's that oh fuck <laughs> um, When I went to the doctor's office this week
2: they took my height and all this time I thought I was 6'1 Since like I've been I've been telling people I'm 6'1 for years now mm-hmm.
0: Turns out I'm 6'8 <laughs>
2: Six foot
3: Damn
0: Six foot. you're
2: not even tall No I'm no, I'm just
3: above average. You're just a guy. I'm a, I'm above average by one inch. If you say you're six foot, I assume you're 5'11". I know. <laughs> I'm tall. You are tall. Taller than you. I'm three inches taller than yeah. you. We thought I was only two inches taller. Now you're Damn. three. Yeah. Good thing you've had the... These shows for a while because I don't know if I give a six foot guy a show. <laughs> Trying to have some tall boys bring some tall dudes to YouTube. Get Rutledge in,
2: yeah, yeah.
3: Oh, Rutledge, Rutledge tall Wood, well. tall. Cletus McFarland, tall. Is James he? Pumphrey, tall.
0: Yeah. Gus Johnson, Gus Johnson, he's taller than I thought. Way taller than yeah. I thought. He's taller than tall I. Tall boy. Am. He's yeah. Like
3: six four. It's because he's so beefy. He's got yeah. that Midwest beef on him, and he just looks <laughs> proportional. Looks like he took, like, a short guy. This looks like a
2: bigger guy. (laughs) (laughs) It's
3: like when, uh, I'm watching that, The Toys That Made Us. Yeah, yeah. It's like a G.I. Joe, but then Gus walks in, and it's like when they made the WWF guys. Oh. Were those bigger? Yeah, they were bigger than all the other... Uh, action figures that's why they sold better because everyone's
2: like oh yeah I can like oh that's a big toy come together <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome okay back to boring car
3: stuff <laughs> GT- no let's just riff <laughs> yeah do we talk about just you know
2: stuff yeah guy things
3: what's our opinion yeah. on it
0: <laughs> you know white guys need a voice finally <laughs> finally they gave three white guys a show <laughs>
2: In the GTR's first two years of competition, it racked up 49 wins, which is basically a win every other week or every week. I'm bad at math. It also earned itself a cute little nickname. That's not right. What? Two years? That's 104 oh. weeks. Moving on. Uh, it, <laughs> the GTR was boxy or hako in Japanese. It was also a Suka or Skyline in Japanese, the hako
0: Suka. Oh. Side note, sorry. Suka means bitch in Russian. Oh, cool. So it's also a boxy bitch.
3: Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) With so many wins right out of the gate. (laughs) That's a boxy bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, With so many wins right out of the gate, Sakurai-san knew he found a winning formula. Little car, big engine, make it handle, can't lose. That's a recipe for success, Mm -hmm. baby. Nissan was stoked. In 1971, they took the two back doors off the GTR to make it a true coupe and sold it alongside the sedan. The 71 GTR coupe had a shorter wheelbase and was a wider. I should clarify at this point Nissan owns Prince. So yeah. That's why they were stoked.
3: Mm hmm. If you want to learn more about that, check out the first and 100th episodes of Up to
2: Speed. Are on the Skyline. Yeah. Uh, in 1971, the GTR Coupe had a shorter wheelbase and was wider than the previous model, and looked more aggressive too shorter and more aggressive looking question mark the coupe also came <laughs> Who is his turtle <laughs> from Ontario. Yeah, Nice. that show's still on the air uh, no. the coupe also came with wider tires and a rear spoiler there was no mistake that this nissan was a true sports car gentlemen. it was not
3: just a nissan it was a nissan that came to f- yeah
0: <laughs> That's what we like in our cars. I'm a boxy bitch and I'm here to. F- <laughs> oh <my God. laughs>
2: Shinichiro overhauled the GTR entirely in 1972, this time adopting some muscle car fastback flavor. Beautiful car. Uh, it still had the same two liter S20 engine as the previous cars. Thanks to a strange marketing campaign featuring two fun-loving kids named Mary and Ken, this GTR is often referred to as the Ken Mary. Unlike the previous cars, though, the GTR was not available in four-door form. And for clarification, the the Skyline still was. Mm-hmm. So, if you wanted a GTR, you could only get it in two doors. Yeah. Even though it looked like a muscle car, the Ken Mary sure didn't drive one, like one. Also, I saw one of these randomly went to a dog beach in Long Beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, long Rosie's. Dog Beach. Dog. It's a wiener dog yeah, beach. It's... Only wiener dogs no. in No, <laughs> 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 A Long Dog Beach. Uh, Rosie's Dog Beach. It's great. I love it. Uh, I met this guy. I can't remember his first name, but he goes by Zero Rust on Instagram. Um, he brought his Ken Mary out to... Shoot, that's a good looking car. Oh, nice. It's super cool. His is a replica, but he basically used a bunch of GTR parts on it. Um, oh, so it's just a normal skyline. It, I don't even think it's a skyline, I think it's um some other Nissan model. Oh, interesting. I'm an ignorant person. Um, it's a Ford
0: Flex, which... yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, remember those Mercury Cougar? Um, someone built a Bugatti Veyron, yeah, on yeah. One. yeah.
3: Trailer
0: park, dude, it's so sick.
2: <laughs> I would drive that, that'd be sick, yeah. yeah. Even though the uh, Ken Mary looked like a muscle car, it didn't drive like one. It was available with front and rear disc brakes, which was pretty uncommon for the time. Unfortunately, Nissan was only able to pump out 197 of the Kenmari's because a little thing called the grass, ki- grass <laughs> crisis, the gas crisis, and Japan instituted crazy stringent emission regulations, which the Ken Mary did not pass. It looked like the GTR was destined to rest in eternal slumber until... 1984, GTR father Sakurai-san had fallen ill and was unable to complete the design of the next generation Skyline. He gave the assignment to the only man he trusted with the task, an engineer named Naganori Ito. Ito Ito-san had been a student of Shinichiro for years and was ready to do his mentor proud. Uh, The next Skyline, the R31, was slated to release... In 1985, just the next year. Ito-san was incredibly nervous about taking over the project. Sakurai was a legendary figure in the Japanese auto industry at this point. A man who was known to call the Skyline his alter ego. And Naganori had to finish designing its successor while his boss was in the hospital.
3: Damn, dude, this is just like what happened to you. Basically. You had to host Bumper to Bumper, which is an extension of me. It's yeah. my alter ego. And then you had to host it while i was in the hospital. Yeah, I
0: relate, man. You're the san and you are Naganori Ito. I'm Nolanori Ito. Yeah, yes. and I'm Pumfraki-san. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: what was a young man to do? Well, it is best. A high-performance variants of the R31 Skyline include the GTS, which was equipped with a four-wheel steering system called Hi-Cast that could turn the rear wheels to help the car get around turns. The GTS also had an electronically adjustable front air dam that changed position depending on the car's speed. Pretty sweet. The top-of-the-line R31 GTS-R was equipped with a two-liter turbocharged inline-six called the RB20DET. Here we go. Here we go. We go. <laughs> Despite the moderate success of the Group A R31 race car, the R31 dropped an 85 to lukewarm reception. Skyline diehards are a tough crowd to please, and the new car just didn't do it for them.
0: They should stop letting Luke rate cars, too, though. <laughs> lukewarm? Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: I got it. <laughs> great, love that. Uh, there I'm glad you came yeah. along, Joe. There, <laughs> I'm glad you're here. There wasn't a GTR model of the R31. Uh, I know that
3: this car wasn't popular, but I think they look great. They're cool. They're coming back. Like you, I see a lot
2: of builds on Instagram now with those, mm-hmm. and they look they look sick. They I look so good. They look like uh, like an 80s race car.
0: Yeah, and the wagon one we got was fucking oh my god, sick. yeah.
2: Yeah, our friend Sean has an R31 wagon. Yeah. He let us. That's really cool. Kind of borrow it a little bit. I got to drive it around. With the whole crew in the back It was super fun That was really cool Because like Our office is in Sautel Which is like uh, like, Almost like a little They call it Little Osaka Little Osaka, yeah uh, So it's just really cool To drive like a vintage mm-hmm. Japanese car like Past
0: all the Japanese restaurants Yeah, it was super fun Did you get some looky-loos?
2: Not really I think because I like I did get some looky-loos When I parked like a Dickhead in front of Black Market And people were <laughs> like What are you doing? Because it's Right hand drive yeah, yeah, yeah It was hard to it was fun. Good times. The uh, Let's see. On on the track, uh, the Nissan was outpaced by in Group A by Ford and their Sierra Cosworth RS500. Another great looking car. A fascinating race car that deserves its own episode, eventually. Uh, the R31 sales weren't great, and Nissan was no longer the king at the track. It was time for a do-over. Feeling that he had shamed himself and that he literally brought dishonor to his mentor, Ito-san went back to the drawing board. He got working on a true successor to the cars Sakurai san had made a worldwide phenomenon. Nagamori started with a clean slate. The R31's reception had faltered Nissan's reputation as a performance leader. The new car would have to change that. The next GTR would be designed with one objective in mind in two phases one, retake the Japanese Touring Car Championship Group A crown, and step number two, take over the world. That's right. To achieve that, the new GTR would have to be totally different than anything Nagamori Ito, or Nissan for that matter, had ever designed before. Every decision was made with racing as the prime focus. Originally, the GTR team decided that the car would be powered by a twin-turbocharged 2.4-liter version of the RB25 inline-six making 312 horsepower. But since the engine was turboed, Group A rules dictated that the car would have to run in a larger engine class with smaller tires, which would make it harder to drive. 312 ponies was a great amount of power back then, But running a rear-wheel drive setup with relatively skinny 255 tires meant the car was probably gonna oversteer like hell when driven fast
3: Those are small tires.
0: Yeah
2: for a race car. Yeah,
3: those are extremely small I have 255s on my Volkswagen Tiguan (laughs) and they don't look wide
0: And you've only won like a couple championships. I've only won two
3: Japanese touring car championships (laughs) in it Shouts to KW, Rotiform, Toyo, and APR There you
2: go We'll get back to more Pass Gas, but right now, a word from our sponsors.
0: Big thanks to eBay for sponsoring this episode of Pass Gas. Passion, drive, patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. We're talking superchargers, turbos, exhaust kits, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need for the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply.
1: Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.
2: A slidey boy isn't going to dominate Group A, so they made the decision to make the new GTR all-wheel drive. But Nissan's existing Ateza all-wheel drive system was heavy, about 200 pounds altogether. So Nagamori and the team decided that the engine would be bigger to make up the difference. The new engine had a larger stroke than the previous <laughs> RB. Tw- <laughs> yeah, I had a real large stroke this morning. <laughs> the new engine had a larger stroke than the previous RB25, which increased the displacement. They called it the RB26DE. TT Uh, 26 was an abbreviation for 2.6 liters and TT stood for twin turbo alternate joke um (laughs) it's it's it man
3: it's man it's depressing when your son has a larger stroke than you
2: Ito, me, me and my dad weren't <laughs> ass buddies. <laughs> oh, my God. I listened back to that. Episode. Asshole buddies.
3: Asshole buddies. <laughs> if you haven't checked out our... Smoky Unit Smoky Unit episodes. It's a two-parter on Smoky Unic. A very interesting guy. Yeah. Uh, he has eclipsed Carol Shelby as my favorite character from automotive
2: history. So check that one out. Yeah, he's a fascinating person. Great episode. Super fun episode, Super too. fun ito and the team dreamed up a new body to tuck this new engine under. The new and improved R32 GTR was a sporty but understated coupe. Compared to the R31, the new car looked like it was not one, but two generations ahead of the old car. The R31 was cutting edge for its time, but looked like a relic next to the new R32. When Nissan married the new chassis and new drive chain together, something amazing happened. The new car... Was great. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Starting in 1989, the R32 GTR race car was entered in the Japanese Touring Car Championships Group A, the series. It was designed to dominate. And you know what? It did. (laughs) Out of all 29 races that entered, the R32 won every single one. Uh, That blue uh, calsonic car from Gran Turismo, you might remember that, Joe? yeah yeah
3: everyone does uh, i think that car is the reason that us and a lot of our audience
0: are into cars
3: absolutely yeah like our dads liked car magazines and we liked video games
0: i remember it being really hard to get that car was yeah
3: like, it was really hard to get that car and nobody knew what it was because we didn't get it in the states and everyone's like why does that maxima go so fast <laughs> like why does that square car doesn't look fast at all yeah. Why is that the fastest car? And then everyone got on the dial-up. Little be dee dee call <laughs> And then was like, oh. You've got mail. Have you guys heard of this car from Japan? Mom, get off the phone. <laughs> oh, my mom just called. <laughs> Kicked me off.
2: This picture I'm downloading of this car <laughs> stopped loading. <laughs> it starts as like four pixels. <laughs> Uh, that car won both the 1990 and 1994 JTCC championships, cementing it as the most famous of all the R32 race cars. In 1990, the R32 went over to the Nürburgring and ran in a 24-hour race there and won. It went to Spa, frank and won there. It went to Macau. And Did it win? It won there. Uh, but the R32's most impactful victories were yet to come, James. Gibson Motorsport was a private racing team based in Australia that specialized in Group A and Group C Nissans. In 1990, Gibson got their hands on a Nismo-tuned R32 race car. It had key upgrades over the regular GTR. The race cars had a steel turbo compressor wheel instead of ceramic, uh, intercooler ducting in the front bumper, a front splitter, a ducktail spoiler under the stock one, Unnecessary parts like air conditioning, anti-lock brakes, and rear windshield wipers were taken off. Homologation rules mandated that Nissan build 500 of these things for sale to the public. I want to get one and make it left-hand drive and just piss everybody off.
3: I want to own a left-hand drive Skyline one day. I think that's so cool. That'd be cool.
2: It's probably the coolest car I can think of. All right, uh, Gibson had a ton of experience building the rear-wheel drive R31, but figured out that parts for the new all-wheel drive car would be way more expensive. Well, how they figure that? Over the R32 build process, Gibson racked up a tab of over $1 million with Nissan building that car. Uh, they couldn't afford to do that every season, so Gibson decided they would just build Nissan parts themselves. By the time Gibson was finished racing the R32 a few years later, only the body Front and rear cross members and engine block were built by Nissan. Gibson manufactured everything else. That's crazy. Yeah, that's a lot of stuff. Have you ever thought about how many pieces there are in your car? Thousands.
0: More than six. At least. At, at least.
3: <laughs> Tesla's only have four parts. Battery, the car. <laughs> the wheels and the seats. In, the, the inside, the outside,
2: the battery. Yeah, okay, that's three. And the the people. Motor. Yeah, that's four. <laughs> Just uh, like in the JTCC, the Gibson R32s dominated Australian Group A racing. The twin-turbo all-wheel drive monsters embarrassed the competition. Gibson Motorsport and the Nissan GTR won the ATCC Group A championship in 1990, uh, 1991, yeah. and 92. Nice. Same year as the Olympics. Dream team. (laughs) The (laughs) absolutely crushing victories earned a nickname for these beastly Nissans. They were titans from the land of the rising sun that smashed anything in their path. From then on, the GTR would be known around the world as Godzilla.
3: (laughs) (laughs) When you read it like that, it's like we all know the skyline is called Godzilla, but it's not often that So much thought goes into a nickname. It's like, yeah, it's from Japan. It's a freaking Titan, and it crushes everything. It's Godzilla. It's like, whoa! Yeah, that's the
2: maybe the coolest nickname for any car. But the,
3: for my understanding, the Australian press made this up uh, because they were just like kicking ass, Mm -hmm. and uh, it was not meant to be a compliment. It was supposed to be like negative. Yeah. But I don't see how they figure that at all. Like if anyone called me Godzilla, yeah. like James Pumphrey is the Godzilla of Automotive YouTube, yeah. I'd be like, Fuck yeah, <laughs> no, I am. Yeah. No. Thank you.
0: <laughs> no, it's not a compliment.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> we didn't mean
2: it in oh, a good no. way. There's Nolan, he's Handsome guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no,
3: Thanks, Joe man. Joe
2: Weber, the uh, Ryan Gosling
3: <laughs> of automotive writers.
0: He doesn't have a personal life. <laughs> <laughs> no,
3: I meant, I meant that. I meant <laughs> that you talk kind of
2: funny. The GTR achieved its last victory in Japan at the 1992 Tui's 1000 at Bathurst. Three laps into the race, and the Gibson R32, sponsored by Winfield Cigarettes, took the lead. Uh, Later, a heavy rainstorm descended onto the Mount Panorama Circuit. Cars were crashing left and right, taking them out of contention. But you know what the GTR had? All-wheel drive. All-wheel drive, baby! Uh, That didn't really help, though, because uh, (laughs) the Winfield GTR also fell victim while it was in the lead. Dang. While limping back to the pits... The Winfield car was passed by a Ford, so it wasn't in the lead anymore, right? Mm -hmm. Race officials, though, ordered a red flag finish, halting all the cars on the track and resetting the race position by one previous lap. This was great for the Nissan fans, but not great for the Ford fans in attendance, which, being in Australia, was like everybody. After the controversial red flag call, the... Just, here's...
3: Here's a note for all of the umpires and officials out there. Just never make that decision. <laughs> like, never call back a game-winning touchdown on, like, a late flag or something. Never restart the race a lap ahead if someone loses the lead. Just never, ever
2: do that. Yeah. Uh <laughs> The bright red Winfield R32 sat in the winner's circle for the last time. Ford fans flooded the podium celebration with booze as the Gibson drivers sprayed champagne into the crowd. Well, they were giving booze. They were spraying booze. Booze. Nice. Gave them knuckles across the table. That's (laughs) That's what we're here for. That's what we came to do, boys. Uh, Race fans are tired of seeing Nissan's win all the time. So for the 1993 season, the ATCC changed its rules, heavily favoring the V8-powered Fords. The R32 would no longer be the dominant force in Australia. Regardless, the impact the R32 had on the racing world was undeniable. Naganori Ito, his team, and Gibson Motorsport had achieved Nissan's goal of reclaiming the performance throne. How do you follow that up, guys? We'll find out next week. Ooh. On past gas.
3: That's a cliffhanger.
2: Yeah. So, uh, great cars, great uh, story. Really I didn't know anything about car. that R thirty R thirty eight, the Prince supercar. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, there's not a lot of like driving footage from that on track, but I think that thing's super cool. They brought so cool. it over to uh, Pebble Beach this year, actually. Yeah. Uh, I wish I could have seen that. I wish I'd known about that.
3: Thanks for listening to Past Guests. Make sure you tune in next week for part two yeah. of the Skyline GTR. That's right. My name is James Pumphrey. You can follow me on Instagram at James Pumphrey. You can follow Nolan at NolanJ Sykes. Thank you. you can follow Joe at Dark Webinar. <laughs> Follow Donut Media. At Donut Media on Twitter and everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're listening to this, you've probably seen our YouTube channel. But if not, we have a ton of video shows that come out every week all about cars. And most of them are funny and fun. Uh, Like 80% of them. Yeah. Uh, All right. I love you. Be nice. (laughs)